Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. I'm going to read out of several translations. We've been kind of staying on this kind of a what I would call a wake up message. Everybody say wake up. I listened to Brother Joe Morris today. He does his Wednesday end time updates. And he was giving out the update and just so excited and full of zeal. And then he stopped and he said, I am so surprised because he's he's a traveling ministry and he goes to churches all the time. he, He said, I'm so surprised that the church is not excited about living in these days. You know, that's, that's the world's mentality. You know, the message of, of the end times and what will happen in the last days, the Bible says it's a revelation that purifies. And just like in a, in a, like in a football game, you know, there's, there's much more emphasis put on the, on the two-minute drill, on what goes on after the, you know, the game can bounce along, bounce along, but if it, if it ends up tight at the end of the, end of the, you know, end of the fourth quarter when there's only two minutes left, those, those guys are prepared for that. they got a whole new, new strategy, a whole new set of plays that they bring out and a, whole new, and a whole new emphasis on what they're doing because they see the game winnable, but they also see the end coming. But I want you to know, church, the game's winnable and the end's coming. So there does need to be a true awakening in the church. I believe that you're, you're, you're as awake as any being in church on Wednesday night because we've seen the statistics even in the past couple of weeks on church attendance and what the devil's trying to do to the church. My goodness, I saw some things today about what's going on in Canada. And it's just absolutely, the government's just shutting down the churches. But here's what's unique. The one church that I was looking at in Alberta, the pastor had been in jail for 35 days. And they'd built a big fence around the church and put a big black tarp, you know, just kind of mocking the church around the church. But the church kept coming to the property and in the 35 days that the pastor's been in jail, the church has doubled in size. I think that is so cool. You know, so I believe, you know, persecution causes the move of God to explode. And, you know, the more they press and the more they pull, the more, and it is, this system coming upon the earth, it is demonic. And we know that because this pastor's argument, and by the way, they did let him out, amen? Because when he went before them, he says, I got them all right next door to me. He says, day and night, people flow in and out of there by the thousands. Nobody says anything. He said, right down the street is a whole block of bars and people go in and out of there and liquor stores and nobody says anything. But if people show up to come to church, you tell us we have to social distance, we have to wear a mask, we can't sing or play any instrument. He said, are you out of your mind? See, they hadn't done any of that. They just kept having church. Amen. Well, you got to understand something, church. The whole system hates you. It hates you. You're the reason it can't do everything that it wants to do. Because if it was doing everything that it wanted to do right now, this thing would really be in a mess. But it can't because that withholding force is withholding. You say, would it be worse if we weren't with it? Yes, it would. It would be a whole lot worse. So we've been looking at not being conformed to the world, but being transformed by the renewing of your mind. Amen? So you've got to understand the concepts of confirmation and transformation and understand that any area of your life in which you're conforming to this world system in your mind, in your thinking, or in your actions is an area God cannot move in your life. 
but any area that you're yielding to or submitting to the translation into the kingdom of his dear son, those are the areas God can do anything. Nothing is impossible. Amen. Now, I want to talk a little bit tonight. Let's look at some things about the mind. Did I tell you Romans chapter 8? Verse, uh, for, for the sake of time, verse, verse 7. King James Bible, Romans 8 verse 7. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, which we know is the word of God, neither indeed, indeed can be. So you have to understand, your mind has nothing in it that desires the word. Do you understand that? In your mind, there is no, well, I, I've really been serving God and I'm not living in sin and, I'm, and I know my mind's really lining up. No, it's not. Your mind will resist you till the day you die. Built into your mind, your mind was trained by the iniquity of your spirit, which is, which is just what your mind wants because your mind is flesh. That's what it is. Amplified. Let me read it Amplified. That is because the mind of the flesh with its carnal thoughts and purposes is hostile to God for it does not submit itself to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Read it here in the Message Bible. In fact, the mindset focused on the flesh fights God's plan and refuses to submit to His direction. Because it cannot. Now, you say, well, pastor, what good does it do to renew your mind with the word of God? Here's the, here's the good. It empowers your spirit to put your mind in check. Nice. That's how it works. You don't one day end up with a, with a holy mind and your mind is, oh, I'm, I'm spirit. No, that's never going to happen to you. I remember years ago, we were, we were uh, visiting with our former pastors, uh, 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 not the pastor, Pastor uh, Dad Goodwin had gone on to be with the Lord, but Mom Goodwin was still alive. And we were there in Tulsa uh, uh, fellowshipping with her. She was ministering some things to us by the Holy Ghost. And she said this, and she was what, in her, in her mid to late 80s at the time. She said, I'm telling you, don't forget this, kids. She called us kids. I oh, don't forget this, honey. You're going to have trouble with your mind till the day you die. And she looked, she looked at us both in the eye and the eye with fire in her eyes and she says, I still have all kinds of trouble with my wicked mind. Your mind is wicked and you need to understand it remains wicked, but renewing your mind with the word of God empowers your spirit to put your mind in check and to tell your mind, I'm not going to live by the way I think. I'm going to live by the way I believe. I'm going to live by the word of God because your mind will think debt, but your spirit will say prosperity. Your mind will think sick, but your spirit will say healed. Your mind will, will think unrighteousness and sin, but your mind, I mean, your mind will think that, but your spirit will rise up and say, no, you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. Now, with that in mind, go to, go to Corinthians. Oh, thank you, Lord. He just told me where it is. <laughs> First Corinthians chapter 2. There it is. First Corinthians chapter 2. Now listen to this, verse 14. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Amplified Bible says, but the natural or non-spiritual man does not accept or welcome or admit into his heart the gifts and teachings and revelations of the Spirit of God, for they are folly, 
meaningless nonsense to him. He is incapable of knowing them, of progressively, progressively recognizing, understanding, or becoming better acquainted with them because they are spiritually discerned, estimated, and appreciated. So you've got to understand that the natural man, that is what? The natural man is the man that looks at everything through the eyes of reason. Now you have to understand, your ability to reason, not everything about that is negative because you, you need to be able to, you know, look at two and two and say four. That's your reasoning ability. I mean, you ought to be able to take a, you know, a receipt from a bill of goods or something that you've bought at the store or a restaurant, go through that receipt in a little bit and just take your reasoning power and figure out, hey, you charged me too much or you didn't charge me for this. Or, you know, you reason that out. You have to be able to look at problems of life. You've got to be able to reason those problems out. But when it comes to spiritual things, that is what the natural man is. The natural man is a reasoning entity that, use re that uses reasoning as its strength. You say, well, then what do we use as our strength? We use faith. Because faith is not reasoning. And I've said this because your reasoning and the ability for you to reason, it finds its strength in discovering answers. Amen? That's where its strength is because it pulls the information. The information is imparted to the mind. The mind does the math, so to speak. And all of a sudden, the question is answered and when the question is answered, there is a relief in the intellect. Now, remember this, what I'm fixing to say about the Bible, about the Word of God. Because the Bible says, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And there are many answers in the Bible. But the Bible is not designed to answer the questions of the natural mind. Let me say that again. The Bible is not designed to answer the questions of the natural mind. The Bible is designed to remove the doubt that lies resident in the mind that keeps the spirit from tapping into the realm in which everything has already been supplied. So sometimes you don't get answers. You just get your doubt removed. I've had that happen a lot of times where I was using my reasoning ability to try to figure things out. You ever try to figure things out? Sometimes your figuring doesn't come out right. But the good news is if you'll lean not on the arm of your flesh or your mind, which is an enemy to God, and not on your reasonability, but on your faith, it doesn't matter if you have an answer that lines up and gives relief to your intellect. What matters is, do you believe this? Do you believe this? Do you believe this? And if you can answer the question without hesitating, I believe I'm healed. I believe I'm prosperous. I believe I'm saved. What do we, we know that. We've said this before. What does that lead to? That leads to a knowing. I, I know I'm healed. I know I'm prosperous. I know I'm saved. I know I'm going to heaven. I'm telling you what, in these days that we're living in, you better get some knowing into your heart so that you know you're healed, that you know you're protected. Amen. Romans 12 real quick, and then we'll go to Colossians. Romans 12. I just wanted to kind of read this in review of what we've been looking at. King James, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, uh, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Now, I was meditating on this today. 
the Lord began to ask me about different scriptures. Romans, excuse me, over in the, in the Gospel of John. And he said, do you remember in the word when I said, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. There is a level of freedom that believers enjoy provided by the Word of God and the ability of the Holy Ghost working in our lives to free us from anything that is in this world system that we think we have to have or depend on to even survive. Now that's, a, that's an amazing phenomenon. Uh, I was meditating on that. The Lord began to speak to me. And I began to think back at the fear I had when I first came back to the Lord after one of the first things the Lord ever spoke to me was, you'll never work in the secular world, world again. He didn't say I would never work. He said you'll never work in the secular world. Well, I, I, that's the only way I'd ever worked was in the secular world. Amen? Now, I've been doing this for over 37 years now, and I haven't worked in the secular world. I've worked in the spiritual world. I've worked in the ministry. I've worked on the missions field. I've worked on the evangelistic field. I've worked in the pastoral field. But I've not worked in the secular world. Now, you've got to understand, church, according to the world's system, the world's system, there are no guarantees for anybody that works in the spirit realm, that works in the ministry, that works on the evangelistic field, or that works on the mission field. There are no guarantees of salary. There are no pensions. There are no 401k plans. There is nothing in the world system conducive to a, quote, career in spirituality that would give you some type of confidence that no matter what happens, I will be taken care of. Did you know that? But when you work for God, which every believer should work for God, there is a freedom that comes in your mind and which you understand no matter what happens on this earth, my God will take care of me. Amen? Amen. And that gives you a, a freedom. I'm not tied down in anything. I mean, I could, if God said, go here, go there, do this, do that, I could do it instantaneously. Because all my life, for the last three decades that I've lived and served God, he has proved himself faithful, especially in the areas that are the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God in my life. And it's in those areas that you have to allow the Word of God to convince your spirit man to believe and know what the Word of God says so your mind doesn't talk you out of the dream that God gives you. I never had a dream of building a ministry, period. When we went into field ministry, the Lord spoke to me and said, don't build a ministry. He said, you go to the churches that I call you to go to and you build those churches. Never had a dream of building. Oh, if I could just have all of this. But God blessed us tremendously. We had a building. We're believing God for an airplane. We're preaching all over the world, all over the United States. Then when I came to Island Church, I've never really had a dream to build a church. Now, I want to do the will of God. I want to build a building. I want Island Church to have a campus. I want all of that. But I learned very early in my walk with God that my dream needs to be to get as close to God as I possibly can. Because in getting close to God as I possibly can, there is a freedom because Jesus declared a freedom all of, all over all of those that would continue in His work. 
and become his disciples. And only in being close to him can you be relieved of the pressure that is on this world. And that pressure has exponentially built over the past 13 or 14 months like it's never been. I was, I was praying about this the other day. Actually, it was last night here in the church. And I was kind of walking as I do and pray before I, was, before I kneel down and pray. And, and, I, and I began to think about, and the Spirit of God was speaking to my spirit. I began to think about the drama of what's going on right now and how it's, it's worldwide. And, and you take all of the political unrest, you take the financial turmoil, you take the, 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 medical, the, medical, uh, uh, the medicalization is what it's called, medicalization of the world that's going on right now. And I guarantee you, this world is in a drama like it's never been before. And it doesn't look like it's going to lighten up anytime soon. They're talking about new strains. They're talking about this. They're talking about that. They're talking about all this kind of stuff. Listen, it's not. It's going to get, it's going to get darker and darker and darker and darker. That's why you've got to awaken and prepare yourself not only to live in the moment in what you're living in right now, but for that which is coming as the Spirit of God projects you into the future and begins to prepare you for that which is coming upon the earth. So you won't be caught up with those who are fearful and their hearts are failing them for fear which is coming upon the earth, you're going to be one that's free and prepared to be used by God to bring in the harvest. That's not going to be thousands and thousands and millions and millions of people. Because not everybody's listening to what God's trying to say right now. Amen. And we've got, listen, we've got people listening to us from all over the world. People that call me and say, where are you getting that stuff you preach? And I say, I'm getting it out of the Bible. Amen? Let me read this in the Amplified. We've read it several times. Let me read it again. Do not be conformed to this world or this age. This is verse 2 in the Amplified. Do not be conformed to this world or this age, fashioned after and adopted to, ex to its ex external superficial customs, but be transformed and changed by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideas, its new attitude, so that you may prove for yourself what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God, even the thing, I love this, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in His sight for you. That brings it down into your life as an individual. Let me read it in the, in the Message Bible. Verse 2, let me find it here. Stop imitating the ideas and opinions of the culture around you. Be ye inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation, a reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in His eyes. Isn't that the kind of life you want to live? It doesn't happen just because. It happens because you want it to and you press into it. Now, go if you will to the book of Colossians. I wanted to just get into this new life because we were talking about the negative side of, of not walking in the kingdom, doing all those types of things. And, you know, if you don't conform, how, how, I mean, if, you don't, if you're not walking translated, you're walking in conformity. I'm telling you, you've got to hear from God in this day and hour. You've got to know I, what I'm doing. It's, it, I've got a green light from God. And any place there's no light, you don't move. If there's a red light, you stop. If there's no light, just act like it's a red light. I want to get a better amen than that. Colossians chapter 2. Let me read verse 6 in my, in my King James. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, 
So walk ye in him. Now, amplified. As you have therefore received Christ, even Jesus the Lord, so walk and regulate and conduct yourselves in union and conformity to him. Now, I'm going to read this. Just humor me a moment. I'm going to read this connected to the entire thought that's in this this, that's in this in Colossians. But I want to I read it in my, in my Passion Bible because I really like how it reads in the Passion Bible. It says, In the same way you receive Jesus our Lord and Messiah by faith, continue your journey of faith, progressing further into your union with Him. Now how have I taught you? Over and over and over. How do you do this? You believe in your heart. You confess with your mouth. It's that simple. You keep your belief system stimulated by the Word of God in your heart and in your mouth on a continual basis. You ought to go, go to bed at night. The thought of the Word of God ought to be going through your mind when you wake up in the morning and it ought to be there automatically. That doesn't happen overnight. I know that. You've got to work at it. But if you work at it, it'll happen. Amen. But now let me connect. Let, let's connect it. Verse 7. Your spiritual roots go deeply into His life as you're continually infused with strength and encouraged in every way. For you are established in the faith, you have absorbed and, and, and you have, by the faith, you have, by the faith you have absorbed and enriched by your devotion to Him. Let me read that again. Your spiritual roots go deeply into His life as you're continually infused with strength, encouraged every way, for you are established in the faith you have absorbed and enriched by your devotion to Him. Beware that no one distracts you or intimidates you in their attempt to lead you away from Christ's fullness by pretending to be full of wisdom. Now listen to this. When they're filled with endless arguments of human logic. Everybody look this way. Are you ready? That's what's on your TV. That's what's on your your. your your computer, your phone. Well, this one's right. That one's wrong. That, that, that keeps you in turmoil, trying to figure out what's right and wrong. This will show you what's right and wrong. The Spirit in you will show you what's right and wrong. But what's going on with this avalanche, this, this biblical flood of information on the earth today is not a bunch of good knowledge. It is endless arguments of human logic. It is political, medical, social reasoning. And the more you expose yourself to it, your mind sits there like this. Oh, that's what I want. Oh, just give me all of this human logic. And I just, I'm so hungry for something that makes sense. And I go over to this church and they tell me everything, none of it makes sense. <laughs> Amen? Well, you ought to rejoice. Because if it does not make sense, that means your flesh doesn't agree, which your flesh is not your friend. You know, your, your flesh, no matter how pretty or ugly you are, because there's pretty people, there's ugly people. Amen. <laughs> and you don't get to decide which category you're in. Everybody decides it for you. 
Amen. This is just dirt. It came from the dirt. It goes back to the dirt. Have you ever had a talk with dirt? We paint the dirt. We exercise the dirt. We get up in the morning, we look in the mirror, we say, how does the dirt feel? Amen. And if you notice, if you've gained a few years, I, to I told Leah today, we were walking the dogs. I said, when I get to be in my 70, late 70s, I'm going to be an old man. I'm going to be an old man. I'm not going to be 79 trying to be 35. I'm going to be it. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to act like it. I'm going to wear baggy pants, baggier than what I got. <laughs> Amen. I'm not going to trim my nose hairs. <laughs> I'm going to be an old man. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm not going to let, I'm not going to look in the mirror and the dirt say, well, you know, you may be 75, but, you know, you can do, you can do what any 35-year-old. No, you can't. Amen? That's most people's problem is they're trying to alter the dirt in some way in which the dirt will report back to them you're okay. That's not going to happen. That's a very vain and frutal exercise. And some people spend millions of dollars. We saw the guy today that's going to run for governor of California. You know, he was our Olympic champion. Decathlon winner. Carrying that flag around the, remember that? Way back, when was that? In 1986? 86 Olympics in Los Angeles. Now the dirt tells him something different. He's changed everything. And the dirt's so much in charge. Amen. No telling how much money he has spent. I hope he's happy. And a lot of people think, if the dirt ain't happy, nobody's happy. Well, it's just dirt. It's what it is. You go from dust, you come from dust, you go back to it. And the Bible talks about the life of every human being on the earth being but a vapor that comes like a wisp and is gone. So if that's what you value, you're not going to get much bang for your buck. Because what you really should value is the things that are eternal. And conforming to the world is conforming to the dirt. And trying to keep the dirt in preeminence, that's what everybody's trying to do right now that has any type of power, and they're trying to gain power because it gives them some type of, of, of veneration or some kind of affirmation of being really something that they're not. And that's really sad. That's really sad because the truth can make you free. So, beware of those pretending to be full of wisdom when they're filled with endless arguments of human knowledge. Now listen, for they operate with humanistic and clouded judgments based on the mindset of this world system and not the anointed truths of the anointed one. For he is the complete fullness of deity living in human form. 
and our own completeness is now found in Him. We are complete in Him. We are completely filled with God as Christ's fullness overflows within us. He is the head of every kingdom and authority in the universe. You talk about something bigger than dirt. That's what's in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Woo, glory to God. Through our union with Him, we have experienced circumcision of the heart. All the guilt and power of sin has been cut away and is now extinct because of what Christ, the anointed one, has accomplished for us. We've been buried with Him. We've been buried with Him into His death. Our baptism into death also means we're raised with Him when we believe in God's resurrection, when we believed in God's resurrection power, the power that raised Him from death's realm. This realm of death describes our former state, for we were held in sin's grasp. But now... We've been resurrected out of the realm of death never to return for we are forever alive and forgiven of all of our sins. So what was wrong in the flesh, God took care of in the spirit. So why focus on the flesh? Why conform to the world? I love this. He canceled out every legal violation we had on our record. And the old arrest, uh, listen to this. He, who, this guy that, trans, that, that did the translation of the, of, the, uh, of the Passion Bible had a real poetic edge to him. He canceled every legal violation we had on our record. And the old arrest warrant that stood to indict us, he erased it all. Our sins, our stained soul. He deleted it and they cannot be retrieved. Everything we once were in Adam has been placed on his cross and nailed permanently, permanently there as a public display of cancellation. Come on. You're not what you think you are. You're something better than that. You got more power than you know you have. There's more grace on you than you know there is. There's been more mercy extended to you than you have any idea of. You're loved. You're valued. You're cared for by the, by the creator of the universe so much that he's placed his very own spirit in you and took everything that was wrong with you and nailed it to his cross as a public display as they're dead with me so they can be risen with me. That's a little more than just going to Sunday school. Now listen to this. Then Jesus made a public spectacle of all powers and principalities of darkness, stripping away from them every weapon and all their spiritual authority and power to accuse us. And by the power of his cross, Jesus led them around as prisoners in a possession of triumph. He was not their prisoner. They were his. So why would you allow anyone to judge you because of what you eat or drink or insist that you keep the feast or observe the new moon or the Sabbath or the celebrations of the Sabbath? He's destroying Judaism right there is what he's doing. All of these were but a prophetic shadow and the evidence of what would be fulfilled for the body is now Christ. Don't let anyone disqualify you from your prize. Don't let their pretend sincerity fool you. 
as they deliberately lead you into, into initiation of angel worship. For they take pleasure in pretending to be experts of something they know nothing about. Boy, are we inundated with that. The whole world is full of experts. Experts. They know nothing about what they're talking about. Incredible. Pretending to be experts of something they know nothing about. Their reasoning is meaningless. It comes only from their own opinion. Well, Pastor, that's just your opinion. I can show you in the Word where it's not my, it's not my, my opinion. I can show you right here in chapter and verse, this is not my opinion. This is what God says. There is a difference. They refuse to take hold of the true source. But we receive directly from Him. And His life supplies vitality into every part of His body through the joining ligaments connecting us all as one. He is the divine head who guides his body and causes it to grow by the supernatural power of God. No wonder he wants to divide the church. No wonder Satan hates the church. And we've proven. You can, get, you, you can be a 30,000 member church and be so weak, you can't hardly do anything. So it's not, a, it's not about huge numbers of people. We thank God for huge numbers of people. We want to see people saved, delivered, filled with the Holy Ghost. But he's talking about those that are walking in Christ, seeking his face, wanting to walk a spiritual walk down here on this natural earth, who are strangers, who are not living on their eternal home, that realize that Jesus is Lord, that he has risen from the dead, that realize the word of God is truth, and that are not conforming to the world and its system of being transformed by continually challenging their mind with the Word of God. Listen, you've got to break that stronghold of your mind challenging everything the Word of God says. And you've got to build a stronghold of faith in which you make a decision. I'm going to challenge my mind with everything the Word of God says. I'm going to force my mind to believe this by speaking and believing and speaking and believing. And when my mind tries to doubt, I'm going to rise up and say, uh-uh, it is written by his stripes I'm healed. My God supplies all of my need. Amen? Oh, my time's gone. Let me, can, I, can I close this real quick? Is this helping anybody? But we receive directly from him and his life supplies virtually into every part of his body through the joining ligaments, connecting us all as one. He is the divine head who guides the body, causes it to grow by supernatural power. For you were included in the death of Christ and have died with him to the religious system and powers of this world. Don't retreat back to being bullied by the standard, standards and opinions of religion. For example, there's strict requirements. You can't associate with that person. Don't eat this or you can't touch that. These are the doctrines of men and corrupt customs that are worthless to help you spiritually. For though they may appear to possess the promise of wisdom in their submission to God through the, through the deprivation of their physical bodies, it is actually nothing more than empty rules rooted in religious rituals. You know, I've seen that. I think the angriest I've been since I came back to the Lord 
was sitting, I've, I've said this so many times because it, it had such an impact on me. Sitting in an airport in Zamboanga in the Philippine Islands. Lee and I were coming back from a, just a glorious minister's conference we had conducted. And in the Philippines, they have a tradition of a, of a parade which thousands of people walk. They have a, men in that parade that whip themselves, whip their backs bloody. But they also have people that, that literally nail themselves to the cross. And so we were down there and we were, we were delayed. Our flight was delayed a little bit. This was the Saturday before Easter Sunday. And uh, we were watching the television and a man was being crucified. And they had, he was on the ground. Paramedics were around him. They had nailed his feet and were in the process of nailing his hands. And a television reporter put a, put a mic in front of him and asked him why he was doing it. You remember that? Ask him, why, he, why are you doing this? And I'll never forget the anguish in his eyes and the pain in his, in his words. He said, my daughter has an incurable terminal disease. And I just thought, by doing this, I'd get God's attention. And he'd do something to touch my daughter. I mean, I mean, we had been, I had just preached 35 meetings. We just did five nights of crusades with signs, wonders, miracles, people coming to Jesus. We just taught hundreds and hundreds of precious Filipino pastors and, and workers and been in the glory of God for a week. I, I, I come, listen, I just come unglued. I was screaming at the television set. I mean, it was just, it just, it was just what religion had done to that man to make him think he had to suffer when someone else had already suffered for him. That, that gave me such a picture of religion that everywhere I've gone in the world, I have been so adamantly opposed to anything religious. Anything religious. Which is what? Which is man reaching up to God with our cathedrals, with our rules, with our regulations, hoping that God will someone somehow smile with a smile of approval on it. God, God will not do that, ever. What God did was to send Jesus. You don't have to reach up. He reached down. And because he reached down, we can reach out. Amen? That's all you have to do. One step to him. One step to Jesus. You won't become religious, you'll become born again. Religious people die and go to hell every day. Every day, but no one that is born again and washed in the blood of the Lord Jesus. And listen, this is where we're different. People say, Well, you gotta be a part of my church. You gotta no, you must be born again. You gotta be a part of my religion. We have the right rules. We have the right. No, you don't. No, you don't. No one has a corner on it except the word of God. And the word of God declares you must be born again. And once you're born again, you leave darkness, you come into light, the strength of the dirt. Is broken over you. And next thing you know, you're living by your heart, not by your mind and your intellect. And that is the will of God. And that's how we're going to have to awaken in this day and hour. So we will not live in the conformity of what is getting more and more stronger every day as they look for other ways to intimidate, manipulate, and control the mass of people upon the planet right now. Thank God. We're free from that. And one day... We will be so free that our feet will leave the ground. He said, oh, you, you're talking crazy now. No, I'm not. No, no. Paul said, I'm going to show you a mystery. He said, I'm going to show you a mystery. He said, there'll come a time, the Bible, literally the true Greek says, in an atomic second, 
in the twinkling of an eye, we will be changed by the glory of God on the inside that will even move into the dirt on the outside. And the Bible says that which is corruptible will put on incorruptibility. Amen? And that which is mortal will put on immortality. And we're living at the precipice of that right now. It's time to wake up. Amen? Lift your hands and thank God. Father, we thank you. Lord, we thank you for your word, the light and life that it produces, that we are complete in him. He is the head of all principality, power, might, and dominion. And that in him we live and move and have our being. Thank you that we're not of this world. We're not of this world. Thank you, Father. We're looking for a city whose foundation is of God. Thank you for it tonight, Father. Jesus is our Lord. Heaven is our home. The Word is our standard in our life. The Spirit abides and empowers. And nothing is impossible with our God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Stand on your feet. We'll be dismissed. Thank you, Lord, for tonight. Thank you for the Word reigning and ruling in our hearts. Thank you for an impartation of revelation, that which keeps us growing and maturing in the things of God. Thank you as we leave tonight. Our faith is in your word. We declare Psalms 91 over all of those that name the name of Jesus here at Island Church. Thank you no evil befalls us. No plague comes nigh our dwelling place. Thank you, Heavenly Father. A thousand could fall at our side, 10,000 at our right hand. It will not come nigh us. Only with our eyes will we behold and see the reward of the wicked. Thank you, Lord God, whether we travel on the highways, airways, seaways, or railways. However we handle the righteous provision you've placed in our life, the resource we still recognize, Lord, you are our source. Thank you we're not subject to accidents, trauma, terror, evil plans of wicked men, pandemics, epidemics, COVIDs, flu, anything else. We push back in the name of Jesus. And we say we're the ones with the authority upon the earth. Thank you for the zeal of God in our hearts, for us being a blessing to people, a problem to, to the devil, an answer to prayer. We're the fearful, the hurting, the confused are crying out to you tonight, Lord. Thank you. We'll bring them that which removes their doubt and gives them an assurance in Christ Jesus. Lord, we leave tonight thanking you for your goodness, your mercy, your love, your kindness, and your grace toward us. Thanking you for our church. We walk in love one toward another. Thanking you for the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We are covered by the blood, empowered by the Word, and anointed by the Holy Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com. Hallelujah, Jesus.